Welcome to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. This week I spoke with Shane, who grew up in Oshawa, Ontario, but now travels around the United States in his schoolie. Shane and his partner Emily are musicians who are the band Arbor Season. This couple was inspired to jump into schoolie life after watching the documentary Expedition Happiness and now travel full-time around the United States performing at house concerts and showcase their bus at festivals. As Shane states, the world can use more smiles, so get out there, be happy, and be a friendly face. Grab a warm beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. This time I have somebody else who is in a warm climate compared to where we are in northern Canada at the moment. So without further ado, I'm going to let him introduce himself to you. Hey, everybody, this is Shane here with um, Arbor Season. So we're a band that travels full time, uh, just playing coffee shops, venues, colleges, um, anything that we can play at. Um, really. And I guess house shows is something that we've been doing full time. And that's how we make most of our money is just by playing in people's living rooms, uh, sharing our, the stories behind our songs and, and stuff like that. So yeah, normally, when I do interviews, I'm with another girl named Emily, who has a way prettier voice than I do. But yeah, that's what we do. And where are you guys based, Shane? Um, we're not really based anywhere. So we travel full time. We used to say we were based in Tampa, Florida, uh, since that's where we got our start. Um, we used to play at Disney twice a week and then other beach restaurants and stuff like that. Um, and then we hit the road about two years ago. We used to live in an RV full time and then we did the school bus thing. But yeah, so we're constantly on the road right now. I'm in Fredericktown, Missouri. And do you have any gigs that you're playing anytime soon? We're doing like one-off things that work. We have a couple churches that we're doing, um, some coffee shops and a few house shows and stuff like that. But we actually have a an, our second baby coming uh, February 10th is the due date. So that's why we're kind of hunkering down in this area until um, March. And then we have a tiny house festival we're driving to. Ah, interesting. So do you have people in that area that you are connected to or it's just that's the place you'd like to be? We do. So Emily, this was her hometown. So I'm from uh, like the Toronto area in Canada. Um, but Emily's from Fredericktown, Missouri, which is the town we're in now. And her sister still lives here. And so we just, we have a lot of different connections, a lot of different friend groups in this area. So that's why we're here. Well, so at what age did you move to the States, Shane? I think I, people ask this all the time and I, I keep going back and forth with my answer. I don't know if I was 19 or 20 or 21, but around that time was when I, I moved to the States. So I moved to the Tampa, Florida area. And did you move there for music or? I didn't. So I actually, I went to a Bible college in, called Tyndale in Toronto. And then I moved to the States, um, to finish my degree, which was actually in psychology and then figured out it was a lot harder to go to school in America than I thought. <laughs> so I ended up becoming a part of a church down there, sort of doing the worship leading. And so music is kind of what I, I just always have done. So I started doing music, uh, made friends with a couple bands and ended up touring the world with a few, with a band. Um, and so music became why I stayed, but not why I went. Wow. So what are your instruments that you, uh, that you perform with? Um, so I play guitar and piano through a looper pedal. And then um, my wife and I both sing. And then my wife plays a U-bass. And um, she sings as well and from, from the U-bass, which is pretty cool. 
and I do play drums and other instruments if I called on occasion to do so, but those are the two main ones. And self-taught or did you have something in your background to learn? I was self-taught for guitar and singing and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for piano, I was classically trained. Interesting. Great. So you are you in your bus right now? I am. I'm at, actually, we have like a little coffee bar area inside the bus. And so that's where I'm sitting. Wow. Interesting. So tell us a little bit about this bus that you got. All right. So it is a 1991 Bluebird. And I, for like a whole year in traveling in this thing, I didn't, really know the kind of engine I have and I just found out it's a 5.9 Cummins which I hear is a really great one to have so I'm super stoked about that um yeah so we painted it blue and white on the top so it would look kind of like a VW bus which was kind of fun um but yeah that's like the make model it's 40 foot really big <laughs> so where did you buy your bus Shane we found it on Facebook Marketplace um in Tennessee so we were here actually in Fredericktown Missouri when COVID hit and then was looking for buses because all of our shows got canceled. We actually had a Canadian tour that got canceled. So we decided to buy a bus, found it only four, three and a half, four hours from here in Tennessee, went out, drove out, uh, drove, picked it up, brought it back here and did the work on it. And was there already work uh, done on it or did you have to gut it and rebuild it? Sort of. So we got really lucky. There was only like three or four bus seats in it that I had to take out. And then after taking those out, I ended up putting one bus seat back in. And that's what we used to put our, our car seats in for our, our two and a half year old. And then soon another car seat for our second child. Um, but they had also some little, like a little bit of electrical work done, but that was it. It was a gutted bus besides that. They didn't do anything else to it. And so we ended up taking that electric out and restarting it. But yeah. Big process, eh? It was intense, um, especially from someone that barely knows how to change a tire. It was an incredible amount of work, um, but super rewarding. Like the things that I've learned and, and had to figure out and the different people that helped along, like there was almost a hand in every uh, part of the bus that I had uh, to do with. So like with our electric, I had somebody walked me through how to do it over FaceTime, uh, an electrician from Canada. And so we did that and then just yeah different hands in different parts of the project and how long did it take you to do the build we did it in three and a half months and that would have been full-time building oh yeah i was probably about eight to ten hours a day um in it there were a couple of days where i had to do like emails and bookings and things like that but for the most part it was just morning like sunrise to sunset i was in here so why did you pick a bus rather than staying with a different kind of RV? So we had, when we did our last tour right before COVID hit, um, we were in California and we had no issues with the RV until the last minute. And it was like an $8,000 repair and we ended up on paying for it, which I kind of sort of regret. But um, I realized that RVs just are not meant to go very long um, and they're not built really strong and safe and durable and, so I was just kind of looking into other options. We were looking at like possibly a class A bus and, but there was like over a hundred grand. And I was like, this doesn't seem wise. And I always loved the idea of a bus um, because I watched that, um, that Netflix thing, uh, Expedition Happiness. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And I started following so many different bus people. And, and then, 
yeah, it just COVID hit. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And I honestly didn't think it was going to be as hard as it was. Um, so I'm glad that I didn't realize how hard it was going to be because now that it's finished and built out, we're super happy with it. But yeah, that's the main reason we went with the bus was because of safety. Um, it was the cheapest option. And I knew that I was going to learn a bunch of stuff and build it our own way. And did you know other people previous to you purchasing the bus that had buses? Um, I, the people that I had followed on Instagram that I've talked to, um, once or twice, but never actually knew anybody that I can think of. I feel like that's gonna, I feel like after this podcast and you're like, Oh shoot, no, there was this one person, but yeah, no, I think I ended up buying a short bus and then giving it to my mom. And so she ended up traveling around and finished converting it. So that's probably the closest that I've come to actually seeing one in person. Um, until we bought the bus and started converting it. Then we met many, many people. Uh, so your mom traveled around in a converted short bus? She did, yeah. So the one that we gave her, she traveled around in for about a year um, and then ended up trading it in for an RV because it was hard on her back. Um, so she got a, an RV instead, but yeah. Yep. So we were doing wow. an RV for about four and a half years before we got the school bus. And is your mom in, uh, well, I guess your mom's in Canada still, or is she in the States? She's in the States. So she um, was in Florida, like, I don't know, two weeks ago, and now she's in Arizona. So she travels full-time in an RV with her husband as well. Wow, that's pretty cool. So the whole family is in on it. Yep. <laughs> so my mom lives in the States, and my dad and the rest of my family live in Canada. So they all just love following the adventures. And every time my dad calls me, he's like, you still do music and you still love Jesus? And I'm like, yep. And he's like, awesome. And that's all he cares about. So That's great. Well, hopefully maybe in the, uh, after the summer, maybe I'll talk to your mom about uh, a conversation. Yeah, definitely. You can find out why she transitioned out of a school bus. That might be an interesting. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I haven't had a mom son duo on here yet. So hey, what happens? There you go. So you guys have traveled quite a bit. Two years you've been uh, traveling. Is that right? No, you've traveled four years with the RV. Yep, traveled four years with the RV um, across North America, probably four or five, maybe more times. Um, so I think there's, I think North Dakota is the only place we haven't been state-wise. Um, and we both been to Alaska, but I've never been to Hawaii, but my wife has, but that was a separate trip, not with the school bus, obviously. Um, and then for Canada, we just drove to uh, Ontario, but I would love to do um, a whole Canadian route. That would be awesome. Yeah, when COVID-19 is out of the way and we can travel the country. Absolutely. We have plans to come to Canada in July, so we're kind of hoping they'll stay, but we'll see. There's a, so you do those, those house shows. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an organization out of Winnipeg and they're called Home Roots. And it's the same deal. And we have them here in Flin Flon. Artists will come into the community and there's a specific uh, host family and they play for a night or two. And then that rotation happens throughout the year. It's pretty cool. Ooh, Home I, roots I'd love to find out about that. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So you've had lots of experience. I don't know how you whittled this question down to an answer, but can you give us an adventure that you would have had in your travels? Yeah, so I guess I'll start with, maybe just the school bus travels. Um, I, I remember our first trip on with the bus. Um, 
even though we did do it in three and a half months, we had to get back on the road for some shows that we had. And our floor wasn't done. Our fridge wasn't working yet. Um, we did have propane, so we did have a stove, which was great. Um, but our composting toilet, the Nature's Head composting toilet, wasn't officially hooked up and ready to go. So that was just a very interesting trip. But my mom was following us behind in her RV. And we were trying to go up a hill and... We couldn't actually make it up. And so my mom had to push us up a hill from behind with their bus, which was crazy. Um, but then we get we ended up getting that fixed. But yeah, our first trip was just nuts. And then we were we drove straight to New York, um, finished a lot of like the flooring and, and we got our fridge in. And then after that, we were kind of pretty much fully functioning in the bus. But yeah, that first trip was always crazy to remember. And in your bus, did you do anything special for insulation? Because you you would have to deal more with the heat than the cold. Um, so it's crazy because I've, being right, growing and raised in Canada, I've been in some places where I was way colder in the States than I've ever been in Canada, like Flagstaff, for an example. We went with the RV, but not the bus. But it was like, that was some cold weather. And that's super high. And like, especially in Colorado, and you get to the high like mountains and stuff. But with the bus we were in the Adirondack mountains, which is a higher elevation than Toronto. And it was starting to get pretty cold, but luckily we just put in a diesel heater at that point. Um, and so we have a diesel heater for heat, but then for the insulation we did, uh, you know, that pink Panther foam board stuff. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. We put that in the floors and in the walls. And then we actually uh, screwed in a carpet all along the ceiling of the bus instead of ripping out the ceiling and, doing all that but and that seems to have kept us pretty warm in some pretty pretty cold temperatures wow interesting so so you've traveled as i said with the adventures uh what's something that went wrong as a mishap uh during your times so two things that i can think of off the bat one was um the within the first hour and a half of traveling in the school bus we the accelerator rod broke. But at the time, I didn't know what that was. I didn't even know what that meant. And I called the mechanic who was helping us before we left. And I said, this happens. What the heck? Um, and then he said, do you look underneath your bus, like climb underneath? Do you see a little rod hanging down? And I said, yes. And he said, fix that. And then we lost touch. And I was like, what the heck? So it was on New Year's Day, which is super crazy. And um, we uh, we were just happened to be five minutes from a friend's house. So he came, picked up our traveling nanny, who we, tra we travel with the nanny full time. And so we took to, he took our nanny, Emily, my wife, and then our two-year-old. And I just stayed in this parking lot and worked on it for like hours. And then um, I finally got it fixed. And that was, I guess it was like right around midnight, all these fireworks were going off and my mom was in the parking lot. And then I, it just felt like, Coldplay should have been playing Fix You in the background or something because it was like the most magical moment ever. Um, yeah, I've never fixed anything in my life mechanically. So it was just a really cool moment. And then another crazy time, our propane fridge, when we tried to hook it up, it caught on fire and the whole bus went up in flames. And that was terrifying. Luckily, nobody else was in it except for me and the guy that was working on it. But then we swapped our fridge out for an electric fridge and that's been great. So there's two stories for you. So how intense was this fire? It, like, it was like, I don't want, I don't want to get dramatic. Say it was like a mushroom cloud or anything, but it was like one of those, like propane was, I guess, leaking along the floor while we were trying to ignite this fridge that we got off the Facebook marketplace. 
and the whole thing, it was just a huge flame. And we were both freaking out. We were like, ah, he's like, turn off the propane, turn off the, we both were just laughing afterwards being like, that was the craziest thing we've ever seen. Um, it was big enough where it like climbed the walls and everything. Wow. That's incredible. So did it catch things on fire or just burn the propane? Just burn the propane. Praise the Lord. Like it was not, it was, it, it could have been so much worse. It shinned our, it singed our leg hairs. But besides that, yeah, there was no damage or anything. We turned it off pretty quick and then threw that propane fridge out of there as quickly as we could. We're like, nope, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's a dangerous gas. That's yeah. for sure. Wow. So uh, beyond the fridge and doing something differently, uh, what's something else? Uh, if you had a second go at it, what would you do differently? I would love if I was to rebuild my bus, I would find a really cool, unique way to put all of my wires and plumbing in like a, in a, like a somewhat of a cage that I can always just open up and get to. For the most part, I can get to all of my plumbing, which is great. I made sure that there were uh, boxes and latches I can just unscrew so I can get to them. So the plumbing I'm actually pretty proud about, but the electric, if there's any issues, I don't even know what I'm going to do. So, but there hasn't been. So I think we're okay and we're good, but for the most part, yeah. Um, I would have thought of a really cool way to put on, put like a, a casing around the whole entire bus. And I also would have done all of my electric 12 volt and not 120. Um, because I would, would have just, it would have been so much better. So, yeah. So what do you have for a source of electricity? Um, so we have different uh, things. So solar is, we run everything off of solar. Um, so even though it is 120, it all goes to our batteries. And so it's just, we lose a lot of efficiency that way, but we can plug into people's houses, RV parks. Um, when we're driving down the road, it charges our batteries for our solar. And we have uh, 540 watts of solar on our roof. So, and then four AGM batteries that we're gonna, in the next couple of weeks or month or so, we're gonna upgrade to four lithium batteries. And do you have it set up so that the alternator charges your batteries we as well? We do, yep. So when we're driving, it charges our batteries, which is super helpful and really great, especially if we're parked in a place for a little bit of a time and uh, we're not plugged in or something like that. We can just turn on the cab for about an hour or two and it will charge our batteries. Well, so do you have, like, do you have the Renogy DC to DC converter or do you just have it going um, from your alternator to your main batteries back to your solar We do. Batteries? We have the Renogy um, inverter. And did you put that in yourself or did you have an electrician? So I, I did everything myself um, and then it was going through like these two boxes, but then there was actually on the road, I forgot to mention this part in the mishap, but our inverter that we didn't, it was not an, uh, our energy inverter, it was a different one that we got from somewhere else. And then our bat, so that was smoking and our batteries were smoking and it was terrifying. And then I called my friend, Mike from Navigation Nowhere, who's like a bus guru. Um, and he said, come to my house. And so I went to his house and he actually redid my whole wall uh, my whole solar wall. And yeah, so navigation nowhere saved my butt. <laughs> well, if you're talking to Mike, I would love to have him on the show. Yeah. I'll reach out yeah, to him. Definitely. He's a great person to have uh, do a podcast. He, he is a jewel. Oh, there's so many people that are learning from him. It's yes. amazing. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right. So, Based on that, if somebody was just starting new with a schoolie, 
and are doing a build, what's some advice that you would give to them? Um, it's funny because when I was thinking about that, I was mostly thinking like the advice I would give to people that were already schoolies, but for someone that is like looking to go into it, I honestly, I say just a lot of people wait until they have like the resources or this or that. And honestly, we just went straight into it. We didn't have the budget. We didn't have the know-how. We just went for it. And as it as the projects came up that we didn't know what we were doing, we just started calling friends that had some kind of knowledge in it and then had them be a part of it. And it, when you're working on certain projects, most people are like, oh man, I don't really want to do that. Or I don't know, maybe people would think that, or I don't know, but like most people are excited to help out with such a really unique project as a school bus. Um, so yeah, I just say jump right into it and have fun. And then when, when it comes to traveling, I always tell people one of the funnest experiences we've had, we're staying at Harvest Hosts. Um, and I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're fantastic. And you pay like 70 bucks a year and no, we're not sponsored by them though. That would be cool. Um, you can like, you stay at a bunch of, like, there's a couple thousand locations around the country uh, where you can stay in wineries, breweries, distilleries, farms, uh, golf courses. And yeah, you just experience all these different things uh, for free for the most part. It's actually, you should buy something when you stay at these places, but you don't have to pay to, you know, stay. Wow, that's pretty cool. There's another one called Boondockers Welcome. Have I you have, heard of them? I've never used it, but all of my friends use it, and they all tell me I should do it. So that's something that I'm going to probably look into on this next trip, especially since we're going to be we're showcasing our school bus at a at something called VanFest in Utah this year. And um, I'm one of the speakers, and I have to talk about, you know, boondocking and what it's like staying overnight and parking you know, your school bus and we stay at a lot of paid places, but don't do too much free parking. So I need to find out about that before I get there. <laughs> so I'm going to try that. So do you go to like tiny house conventions and, and that kind we of stuff? We are now. So we went to our first one in Florida at the villages and it was the most fun I've ever had in my entire life. So we had a couple hundred people walking in and out of our bus and we gave tours and um, we met a bunch of other schoolie people, um, and a bunch of other people that I've been following that have thousands of followers. And I was like, man, I want, I hope they're nice when I meet them. And they were super, super nice. And we talk almost every day to this day. And then I had a bunch of other festivals reach out to us and say, Hey, we saw your bus was showcased here. Can you showcase your bus at ours? And so now we've got four more that we're doing this year. So. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely not that popular in Canada yet to the same capacity as it is in the yeah, States. definitely. I would imagine so. And I think it's the weather that's uh, one of the biggest issues, but also the, the distance, right? You have a festival in Quebec and you're in British Columbia. You know, you're talking about a, a week's travel to get there for a weekend event. I think so it's, it's a little different. For sure. I think if someone was going to put it on and throw out the net, I think you'd be surprised uh, – obviously not in COVID times, but um, getting a bunch of people there to drive there because there's people that drive all the way to go to Schooly Palooza in Arizona and all these festivals. Like there's people from Florida driving all the way to Utah just to go for one day at VanFest. So I, I would do it. Uh, <laughs> I'd drive to Canada. Done. I'll, uh, I'll hook something up when we move to Cape Breton Island and see who will uh, we'll come and visit. I'm, I'm there.
All right. So where where's the future for you guys? Where Shane and Emily and the two kids going to um, be? I honestly, I just see us traveling more and more, and I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Um, I would love to start going to like a bunch of different um, more festivals and meeting up with more people and uh, just getting our music out there more. And yeah, the house shows have just been super financially great for us these past couple of years so and it just every year just keeps growing and growing so i don't see that stopping i would love to drive our bus to alaska that would be we go every year to juno but we fly there but i would love to just drive to alaska one year and um start doing all that kind of stuff um i don't it's also not known this part of me but i i'm also a booking agent for a lot of people from american idol the voice some pro baseball players and and things like that and i book these people at colleges and so that's just, it's really helpful being on the road. So yeah, just exploring more places. I, again, like I said earlier, I'd love to see more of Canada. Um, and yeah. So in the States, are there festivals that would happen like this time of year in the Southern States? Um, oh, definitely. So oh, are you talking about like bus festivals or like music festivals? Well, it, anything in general, like I know here they might have like, the odd winter festival when it warms up a bit, but is the festival season, like, you know, the music season for us in Canada or the bus season would be from April till November, but in the States and the Southern States where you don't get that snow and colder climate, does the festival season of regardless of anything continue it all does. year round? Yeah, so I would say the biggest festival uh, or gathering for school buses happens in January in Quartzsite, uh, Arizona. Um, and so that's called Schoolie Palooza and it's like thousands of people go there. Um, and I, I could be wrong, but I think it's happening right now, or if it's not right now, it either just happened or is just about to happen, but it's in January or February or right around now. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's happening right now. Cool. So you're online on social media and I'm sure you've, uh, learned online from many people. Uh, for those folks that are out there that are getting into schooly life, uh, who would you recommend? Maybe two or three people that people should so follow online. So Navigation for sure. Um, that's just a must. Um, he's the biggest, in my opinion, when it comes to like schooly builds and stuff. Um, and recently becoming friends with him, he's just down to earth, is just as amazing in person as he is behind camera. Um, so there's that. Another one that's super fun that we were just super, we just became best friends with is the Painted Buffalo uh, Traveling Studio. And her name's Jessica. And she's a Marine who travels full time with her son, Liam. And uh, yeah, they're probably our best friends in this whole entire community. And oh my goodness, for the third one, there's just so many, so, so many. I don't even know where to start, but um Oh, how do I pick? <laughs> uh, there's a tale of two Smitties. They're just doing some pretty great work. Um, and they're just about to travel full time. And then time to go adventure is another one. I, I'm hoping I'm saying their name right, but yeah, those are some good ones to start with. But wow. yeah, our personal one is called Arbor season express, but um, I recently decided Arbor season, our band page has just way more following. So I'm thinking about just pushing that more than Arbor season express, but you can do that too. Perfect. So where can people reach out to um, find so you, Shane? Spotify is where uh, you can find all of our music, um, iTunes, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but then our Facebook and our Instagram, 
uh, everything is under Arbor season. Uh, Patreon is a really fun one. If you want to get really, um, intimate material from us. Um, so we post a lot of vlogs and we do a blog as well and other things like that, that are only for our Patreons. So you can check that out. Uh, so are you going to be booking for events to play in the coming future or you got a little one on the way, so I you're going to be busy. So we're actually hitting the road full time again, starting April 3rd, um, which is the baby, uh, baby Juno. That's, that's her name, Juno. And uh, she'll be like a almost two months old by the time we hit the road again. So we're, yeah, we're already booking into the year. Uh, we've already booked all the way to the end of December. Not saying that the calendar is full. We have a lot to fill up in between those gaps, but we have our whole year planned. Wow. And I love the sound of your music. It's, uh, it's, Thank you. it's beautiful. So it's much. really nice. Great lyrics as well. Yeah. I'd love to hear the stories behind the songs. That's sometimes yeah, the best those part. Are, that's why we love doing house shows is uh, we walk them through the story. So our one EP that's called the Odyssey that's out, that's all one story. Each song follows, you know, the story. And um, we're actually about to release an EP uh, we're, about, we're about to release a full length, um, but there's an EP hidden inside of that that we're releasing first. Um, and that comes out, I think, in like a week or something, actually. And those four songs also follow a story of our good friends who lost their daughter to cancer. So there's a whole story behind that. Wow. You'll have to duck up to Canada and come up and visit the folks in Montreal at Mixed Bus Studio and do yes, a recording please. in their That'd bus. Be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very cool. All right, Shane, any final words of wisdom you have for the folks um, out there? Be happy. Be positive. This world needs joy. <laughs> that's my that's my thing. I always tell people like they complain or they're worried about the times and stuff like that. I just say the world can use a lot more smiles. When you see people in the grocery store, smile at them. And just to, when you're talking to somebody over the phone or some people that you don't know, just encourage people and that's just something that we try to push on people a lot lately is yeah be that because you never know what a smile and just a really friendly face can do you know so well you got a big day in the u.s tomorrow so hopefully there'll be lots of smiles around for folks to yeah be relaxed absolutely definitely yeah perfect well next time we'll talk to emily and maybe we'll have the kids on, but I appreciate it this time, Shane, for uh, reaching out and participating and sharing your knowledge and wisdom with the folks in the Canadian Schoolie podcast, but also the North American and Around the World podcast. Ooh, I think that's I what it's it. going to turn into. There's so many people out there yeah, doing definitely. cool things. Cool. Enjoy your evening and uh, take care Thank and you so much, be happy. Daniel, you're the best. Thank you for carving out some time in your day to listen to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie podcast. You can listen to more of our podcasts through Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or from wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to reach out to us through our website, acanadianschoolie.ca, or follow us on Instagram or YouTube under A Canadian Schoolie. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to one another.